0: Humility. Talking about humility uh, in general terms, and humility is today recognized as one of the most important capacities of effective leadership. But interestingly, until about five years ago, it was never taught or talked about in leadership. About five years ago, a professor from London University by the name of... Uh, of Dan Cable started writing about humility in leadership and Brene Brown from Houston started doing a fortune of work in the area of vulnerability. These were terms that were never used in association with leadership because leadership was always thought of having to require, which it does, assertiveness and confidence. And people saw humility and vulnerability as uh, capacity somewhat undermining of, of confidence and assertiveness. But what's important is to understand, certainly Al Torah, according to the Torah, what, what does humility mean? Uh, and how do we utilize humility? How do we operate with humility without compromising uh, confidence and, and assertiveness, which are also principles we have in the midot of the Torah, the idea of of being able to be firm and decisive and directive and to be able to stand up for what you believe in. Humility is certainly not meekness. Uh, and it's because yeah. in, in the West, humility has always been thought about as, as a kind of meekness that it hasn't been able to be incorporated into the curriculum of leadership training and, uh, and, and, and business schools until very, very recently. So th- today, by going through a, a very disturbing piece of Gomorrah that describes our current era uh, and makes us think a little bit, uh, leading us into the last line of the Mesechte. We finished Mesechte Sota today in the last line, where Rav Yosef and Rav Nachman by Yitzchak say things that, that are wild on the surface. And using a principle of the Beis Halevi uh, in, in this Gemara, the Briskarov explains what Rav Yosef means. Uh, and from that we'll understand what humility is. So let's have a look at the Gemara. The Gemara, so we start with the Mishnah on Memteta Mudbet at the uh, at the bottom, where the Mishnah says, from the time that Rebi passed away, Mishemit Rebi Batel Anava From the time that Rabbi Yudha Nasi died, talking about the year 200, uh, there was no more humility and and true Yiratchet, true fear of God. Those were two ideas that. Ceased to exist in the world after Rabbi. Just the, you, you, you didn't have it, and the Gemara goes on at the very bottom of Amudalot. Fantastic Amudalot. Rabbi Lezer Hagodol. Rabbi Lezer Hagodol was Rabbi Lezer ben Hurkunus, who was the, the Rabbi of Rabbi Akiva. A Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, um, and Rabbi Lezer ben Hagodol says, Miyom Beit Hamikdash from the day that the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, Sharu Chaki lemevi Kesafraya." The true intellectual giants of Torah began to be like school teachers. So there was the, we didn't have that, that gigantic intellect that you used to have before the destruction of the temple. After the destruction of the temple, they became like school teachers. That was that was already the, the height of scholastic achievement. Was somebody who had the knowledge that previously would have been fit for a school teacher. And the school teachers became like Khazonim. So we'll see what that, like Cantor's in the shul, we'll see why, what that's got to do with anything. The uh, Chazanayak Amadaara. what about the Chazonim? They became like Amaratzim. They, they were ignoramuses, they didn't, they didn't have anything. The Amada'ara and the Amaratzim, even them, as Lavidal they got lower and lower level. Even the Amaratim of the new Amaratzim, weren't even of the caliber of the Amaratzim of old. Nobody looks for terror. Nobody's in search of the truth. Al At times like this, on who can we rely? You've got to relate to Hashem and build a connection with Hashem because the world's in a, in a sorry state. And the, the Mishnah goes on uh, and, and talks about in the time before the Mashiach comes, which we believe is the, is the time of now. Does that mean we're 50 years away from Mashiach coming? Two years away from Mashiach coming? 200 years away? We don't know, but in historical terms, this is the period prior to the, the, the Mashiach coming, and it's called Iqva to the Mashiach. What do we have in the time of Mashiach coming? Chutzpah Yaska. Now just look at these, def- at these descriptions and see the period of history we're talking about. Chutzpah Yaska, There'll be a lot of chutzpah in the world. And there will be inflation in the world. Even though there's plenty of of vines around and grapes are being produced, but wine is expensive. And governments will become secular liberals. And there's nobody who will get up and give tochachat. The rabbis won't say the truth, and the teachers won't say the truth, and parents won't tell their children the truth. People will be afraid to confront one another with the truth and to challenge one another because you can. everybody gets offended. The moment you say anything that's in the slightest bit confrontational, people get offended. And then you get cancelled, uh, and then you get uh, sidelines So people don't do it. So, There's no tukhaka. All you'll find on social media is how wonderful everybody is, how great everybody is, how accomplished everybody is. That's all you'll see. You won't see Tukacha on, on, on the social media or, or, or anywhere other than in politics. And the wisdom of Tambide Chachome will become cheap. And people who are God fearing people will despise Midot. Namo explained, they won't, they won't want to develop their character, they won't want to work on themselves. Musa will not be the in vogue among the scholars of the time. And the truth will disappear. This, the quest for truth will become less and less. Sanhedrin says, It will be found in small little groups. You'll go to the big places where there are lots of people and thousands of people and crowds and... And, and masses of followers on social media, that's not where you're going to find the MS. People don't want the MS, as we'll see in, in rebellion Desla later on, on at the end. People want entertainment. They want theater. They don't want uh, they, they don't want MS. It's not about... Young people will, dis, will embarrass the older people. Older people will stand up in front of younger people. The, the owners of unicorns could be thirty-five years old, and a seventy-year-old will stand up and, and show him a great deal of honor. Kelev, the leaders of the generation will be like the leaders like the leadership of a dog, which will be so. Solante explained that the dog's always in front of the owner. But when you get to a crossroad, the dog runs ahead and then looks over his shoulder to see where the owner is going, and then he comes back and he runs in front of the owner again. He's not really leading the way. He checks the polls all the time. He sees what the people want, and then he tells the people what they want. That's what it is. It's a t- the time of leading by by polls. Children are not ashamed of in front of parents. So, where's this all going? You're, you're going to have to rely on Hashem because society is in a state of decline. So, that's the, the Gemara, and we'll see why that's, why that's relevant. Uh, then, at the end of the Mesechta, the way the Mesechta closes off is Rebbe and Avavi Rav Yosef Latana. Rav Yosef, when this Gemara was being learned, Rav Yosef got up and he said, Don't say that. Don't don't include in the things that have have disappeared. Don't include humility. Because can't you see I'm still alive? (laughs) Okay. And Rav Nachman got up and he said, Don't talk about Yirat as one of the things that's disappeared. Can't you see I'm around? That's how the Masech ends. That's the end of this wonderful Masech desaita asks the Ma'asho, Where do we see this, that Chachomim get up and and brag about their their greatness, particularly where their greatness is humility? It it just doesn't make any sense. And various people give various different answers to it, but uh, I wanted to include this piece at the end of the Chidushim of the Briskarov. Uh, so, you remember the He you know, died in the 1950s. He was the Rov of Brisk in Europe, the son of Reb Chaim Soloveitchik, the grandson of the Bey Salevi, the father of one of my Beim, Reb Meir Soloveitchik. Uh, and in the Sefer that they brought out of, of his Shirim, of the Bresciorov Shirim on Soita, at the very end, the Bresciorov used to give a shir on this piece of Gomorrah based on his grandfather's Drush. What did his grandfather say? And I've, I've included the whole thing because part of the purpose of the Math Monim is that you've you've got this that the people, whether it's you guys or it's people who are listening in, that if it, or others who are not listening at some time, you want to work on this tomorrow. You want to work on one of these ideas. Uh, we're working on the website being able to be searchable. So if you're looking on a concept humility, uh, you'll be able to search for humility, and then you'll have the. This Briskerov and this Beis Halevi will come because the Beis Halevi isn't published in the Beis Halevi. It was published in a journal and the Briskerov brings it. So the Beis Halevi says it's natural in the world that you don't brag about something which if you don't have is a serious impediment. So you don't brag about the fact that you're not lame. You don't brag about the fact that you're not blind. Because that's the norm. The norm is people can see. If one is, God forbid, blind, then that's like Rav Yosef was. Then that's something to be concerned about. That's something to be upset about. If one is lame, that's, if you're healthy, you're normal, you don't brag about it. You don't brag about that which is, which is normal. Because um, that's the norm. But if you've got a person like Rib Simon here, Who the Rabbeinu Shalom has graced with a beautiful voice and with musical sensitivity and accuracy. And he can inspire crowds of people with, with the voice that he's got, with that talent. We, the rest of us sitting over here, don't feel inadequate because we can't sing like Simon. We're just proud of Simon. But the fact that we can't do that, it's okay. We can do other things. It doesn't make us feel less. It's not as if there's something wrong with you because you're not a talented musician. Therefore, somebody who is a talented musician, that's something worthy of praising. So you talk about it, you say, Simon is a wonderful chazan, he's a a, a musician, he's an an unbelievably, unbelievably talented person. But you don't say, and, and Dr. Howard here is amazing, he's got eyesight. Uh, and Steve here can walk on two feet and he knows how to stand up. And so you don't say that, that's normal. We only praise people about that which is not normal. <laughs> says the Beis the, 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 the same applies to Torah. During the time that Yisrael was at, at their heights. And the shchina was there. We learned yesterday about the, the quality of learning Torah when we were gaining energy from the Beis HaMikdash itself. A Talmud chacham was no big deal. Everybody was a Talmud chacham. It was normal to be a Talmud chacham. Everybody knew the whole Torah. If everybody knew the Torah, nothing to be proud of. If there was somebody who didn't know Torah, he was called an Amorites, he was considered far inferior. But the times have changed. This is the Beis Halevi writing in the 19th century already. It's no longer so serious to be an Amoritz. You know, people don't have sleepless nights over the fact that they're an Amuratzi. And if you find somebody who knows a few little things, he can say a word on Friday night at the table. He can say something from the Pashakvach. Now he thinks himself as a as a Rav, as a Talmud chacham, because he knows a little bit of Torah, he can. He can Google something, and he can say something over. He can look up one of the Sforim, He can quote what somebody says. Oh, even if he knows what children at Cheder know nowadays, that's already considered a, uh, considered a mileer. Uh, somebody just yesterday came to see me and was just complaining in a certain part of the world about the. The level of the Droshahs of the Rabbonim. And it's a problem sometimes when Rabonim don't put enough time into preparing a Drosha. Uh, that they're sometimes infantile, they're sometimes childish, that Rabonim are repeating things that you can get on Google. Uh, it's not, they're not, it's not chochme. you're not learning things that make you look at the world differently. And he was complaining about that. That's what the, the, the Beis Halevi is talking about already uh, 150 years ago. <laughs> wow, listen, you should care. People start with, you should care. You should care what? The person said a little word that a, that a hated child can say, you care. That's a you care. What's you care? We're not discerning. It makes no difference. And we'll see in a moment, why not? And he goes on, <laughs> Then the <briskere> of adds, <laughs> And using that principle, we can understand, and, and by the way, that's how he explains that Gemara. And he says, the Chachomim become like the Cheder teachers, and the Cheder teachers become like the Chazonim. What does that mean? A Chazan's got a unique talent that was given to him by Hashem. That's something worth praising. So now the Tamid Chachomim praise themselves as if they're Chazonim, as if they're talented, as if they've got something unique. But it's nothing unique. There's nothing to be proud of. Everybody should be a Talmud Chochem. A Chazan's got a reason to be proud. He's got something that other people don't have. But a Talmud Chochem everybody's got. So that's how he learns that. And now comes the Briskorov and says... What about this comment of Rav Yosef? How can you say there's no there's no humility? Look at me, I'm still alive. He explains the Kavanat Rav Yosef in just as you don't praise yourself if you're not blind. You don't praise yourself if you're not lame. Don't say, look at me, I'm amazing, I can walk. But you don't praise yourself about not being imperfect. Kenu anava eina. Anavad does not mean not knowing your value. Here you've got the definition of humility. Firstly, to know what humility isn't. Humility does not mean, I don't understand how amazing I am. No, I can understand how amazing I am. There's an Avnei that talks about the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu writes in the Sefer Torah that there's nobody as, as, as humble as Moshe. So of course he knows that. You're allowed to know that. That doesn't detract from your humility. What is humility? Humility is not taking credit for your or for your for talents and abilities, realizing it's not really you. That's what you're meant to be. You're humble. Of course, you're humble. Everybody's meant to be humble. If you've learned a lot of Torah, you're a big Talmud. Don't take credit for it. Kila, that's your job. That's like somebody that, that does their job and, and wants a wants a bonus because they just did their job. You just did your job. A bonus is for going beyond that. You're a Tamid Chachim, you know the whole Torah. That's what you're meant to know. That's the minimum. There's nothing to get excited about. Bal If one doesn't know the Torah, one is a balmum, one says something's missing. And so, if you are a humble person, that's nothing to be proud of. Being a humble person is like saying, I know how to breathe, I know how to walk. That's all it is. It's normal, that's how one's meant to be. Meaning, I'm. A, don't say that there are no humble people around. It's normal to be humble. Everybody's humble. Rabbi Yosef couldn't imagine somebody who's not humble. Humility was something so normal to him. He says, even I'm humble. It's, it, humility is the, is the normal state. Nothing to, nothing to be proud of. Nothing to gloat about. The fact that one is humble. That's the definition of Anova. Anova is not, Anova er does not mean not knowing your worth. Anove means knowing my worth, but not taking credit for it. I know my worth, but I'm, that's that's standard, that's normal, that's the minimum I'm meant to have. We'll end with the, um, the piece of, of from the Mikhtav Melio, from, from Rebellio, Adesla, where he writes about our generation. He's writing in the 1950s, but look how contemporary it is. And he writes about this piece of Gomorrah. Our generation is a generation that is, that is obsessed with that which is outside of them, with that which is superficial. That is attached to superficiality without internal depth. A generation whose whole world is entertainment. And what they do is game. They, they play. Everything is about playing, about gaming. And so he goes on. And that's the period in which we're living. And what have we got to do? What we have to be able to do is each of us establish our connection to the Rebbe directly to the pursuit of truth, to the understanding of truth, to the understanding of who we are and what we're capable of, but not for taking huge credit for that understanding. That's what we're created to do and to achieve.